The national trail system is grown by more than a thousand miles. Two YouTubers are fined a thousand dollars for filming in national parks without a permit. A hiker lost in Zion for 12 days has been found, but questions abound about her disappearance. And a big change in policy will allow America's more than 20 million veterans access to national parks for free. It's time for this month's National Park News. The America's National Parks podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean, your source for warm, cozy styles this fall. For 108 years, L.L. Bean has staked their reputation on making comfortable clothing and gear to help you enjoy the healthy benefits of being outside. From legendary Maine-made boots to layers that are just the right weight to flannel shirts that out-cozy all others. Find the joy in the tried and true. Visit LLBean.com to find a store or shop now. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. I'm Jason Epperson, and welcome to the America's National Parks podcast. Each month, we set aside one episode to cover the news from the parks that happened in the previous month. And this month is no different. And there is a ton of news to get to today. The big news, though, just happened on Wednesday. All U.S. military veterans, along with the immediate family members of those who have fallen in service, will be granted free access to national parks and other fee charging federal lands managed by the Department of the Interior. The change will begin on Veterans Day, November 11th this year. That's over 20 million Americans who will benefit from the program. Previously, only active duty were able to get free admission. But the Department of the Interior does not manage the U.S. Forest Service lands. They fall under the Department of Agriculture and have not announced a similar veteran policy change. So, for the time being, veterans will not be able to get the annual interagency pass card. But there are few, if any, national forest sites with an entrance fee. Instead, veterans can get a mission by showing a veteran ID card or a veteran's designation on a state-issued ID. Gold Star families, or next of kin of a member of the U.S. Armed Forces who lost their life in a qualifying situation, will be able to enter by simply stating their status and will be taken at their word. Veterans will not receive a discount on tours, camping permits, or other fees, though. So veterans that are living with a disability or are 62 and over will still benefit from picking up the interagency access and senior passes. You can learn more about the National Park Passes in a YouTube video I did, which I'll link to in the show notes. Separately, the Department of the Interior announced a temporary change to the Every Kid Outdoors program. It used to be called the Every Kid in a Park program, which offers fourth graders a free annual pass. It's going to be extended to fifth graders for the next year. In order to allow students that weren't able to access the program due to the pandemic, the opportunity to explore parks free of charge. Fourth and fifth graders can fill out a form to gain admission. I'll link to it in the show notes. Other free or discounted passes are available for persons with permanent disabilities, volunteers, and senior citizens age 62 or older. The rest of us can pay $80 a year for an annual pass. Still a great deal. Holly Cortier left her cell phone behind in her Los Angeles home and drove to Zion National Park in order to go for a hike with minimal gear and without telling anyone where she went. She disappeared, and after an exhaustive search, she was found 12 days later, in good enough condition to be released to her family. The local sheriff's office participated in the search and noticed inconsistencies in the woman and her family's stories, and have opened up an investigation into the incident. Cordier was found near the Virgin River, 
within the Zion Canyon, where it's fairly hard to get lost. Her family says she hit her head early on and had a concussion, but that doesn't explain how she survived so long without water. She knew the Virgin River has toxins in it, and her family says she didn't drink from it. So, how did she survive 12 days? And well enough that she didn't need to be carried out or rushed to a hospital in an ambulance. The family states that the sheriff's questions about the incident are understandable, but nonetheless, the incident happened as they say it did. They say they brought her immediately to an emergency room where she received treatment for a concussion, kidney failure, and foot injuries due to the cold. The sheriff's office says they have yet to receive any evidence of wrongdoing, and the National Park Service is yet to release a full incident report. Rocky Mountain National Park is currently closed entirely due to wildfires. The East Troublesome Fire has intensified and continued to make a significant run to the east from the Continental Divide, causing mandatory evacuations of the Estes Valley. The fire, which started on October 14th, has grown to over 190,000 acres, 100,000 of which happened in one night. The Cameron Peak Fire has also been burning in the area since October 13th. Some Estes Park residents are now being allowed back into their homes, but the National Park remains closed. A 100-pound World War II-era bomb washed up on the beaches of Cape Hatteras National Seashore in North Carolina. After careful examination by a U.S. Navy Explosive Ordnance Disposal Unit, it was determined to be a live explosive. The Navy detonated the bomb in place after closing a half-mile perimeter. Sand was sent 60 feet into the air, and the Park Service is working to refill the hole. How would you like to operate a bed and breakfast and small campground on an island in the Pacific just off the coast near Los Angeles? Channel Islands National Park is soliciting proposals for the historic main ranch on Santa Rosa Island. The lease includes rustic lodging, food and beverage services, and a campground on 32 acres of corrals, pastures, historic structures, and scenic beauty. Santa Rosa is the second largest of the Channel Islands, 15 miles long and 10 miles wide, with rolling hills, deep canyons, a coastal lagoon, and beaches adorned with sand dunes. For thousands of years, unusual animals and plants have made this windswept island their home, including the extinct flightless geese, giant mice, and pygmy mammoths, and the still-existent island fox, spotted skunk, and tory pine. Popular YouTubers and travel bloggers Kara and Nate had a rough surprise when they were contacted recently by the National Park Service about filming in parks without a permit. According to a video the couple posted, threats of arrest warrants were made unless the couple responded to allegations that they filmed content on National Park property. They promptly responded and ultimately were issued a $1,000 fine and banned from filming in the parks in the future. Kara and Nate's videos in parks are no different than those made by most YouTubers, most of whom fly under the radar due to the fact that there's little or no way for the National Park Service to know whether people are making money off the work. But Kara and Nate have been publishing quarterly income reports for years in order to help people realize their full-time travel dreams. Someone at the Park Service caught wind of these reports and contacted the couple about their lack of commercial filming permits. The National Park Service requires that anyone filming in parks, quote, for a market audience and with the intent of generating income, obtain a permit to film. Even if it's just you walking behind Aunt Edna with your iPhone on a trail, if the intent is to make money, the Park Service wants you to have a permit. But what does making money mean? It's not clear. If you're a vlogger who makes $4 off a video of your national park visit through YouTube monetization, are you making money? Clearly, your expenses outweigh the income. 
But neither the law or the National Park Service's policy deal with what making money or market audience actually mean. Is the fact that YouTube is making money even if you aren't legal? Kara and Nate fall squarely in the making money category, but nobody knows where the line is. The permit process requires a non-refundable application fee that ranges from $25 for students to $1,000 for feature films, with most content creators on the hook for $75 to $300 that they won't get back even if they're denied. The permit is then free for smaller projects as long as it's one to two people in a tripod, doesn't require supervision, and the filming process is short of four hours. That last part's not going to work for most people filming their family vacation and slapping it up on YouTube. Beyond four hours, most YouTubers would be paying $150 per day shoot fee. The permit process also requires a 14-day advance submission and for you to submit storyboards, scripts, maps, a schedule, etc. It's clearly aimed at TV shows and films. The National Park Service may want to consider this an opportunity. It's time to re-examine what commercial filming means. The law was written before the time of YouTube. It's time to make clear guidelines on this issue so people know what to expect and can follow the law and regulations appropriately. The policy reflects a time when you had professional filmmakers and you had visitors. The lines have certainly blurred over the last 20 years. 30 new national recreation trails in 25 states have been announced, adding nearly 1,300 miles to the national trail system. The National Trail System, which includes National Scenic, National Historic, and National Recreation Trails, offer an abundance of scenic and historic outdoor enjoyment on America's public lands. The National Recreation Trails Program is jointly administered by the National Park Service and the U.S. Forest Service. Finally, it's not every day that a new major historic discovery is found in a national park anymore, but it happens from time to time. The latest, a set of 10,000-year-old or more footprints the longest known fossilized human trackway. What's more, they were found at a place where footprints disappear in moments, White Sands National Park. The prints were actually found in 2018, but have just now been proven to be the world's longest as part of a research project. The prints go for almost a mile along the shore of what used to be a lake, and they're believed to be from a woman or an adolescent boy who was carrying a small child. They showed that the person carried the child and shifted them from side to side, occasionally setting them down to walk on their own. A ritual every parent of a four-year-old goes through every day. The child's footprints periodically show up along the other set of footprints, a striking reminder from the time of the last saber-toothed cats of the importance of preserving our special places in the world and the tiny spot we occupy on the scale of human existence. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson. If you enjoyed the show, we love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. For more great American destinations, give us a listen at the See America Podcast. And if you're interested in RV travel, find us at the RV Miles Podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys all over social media as our wandering family. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag Be an Outsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring 
the national parks. <laughs>